Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Joe Biden continues to be in real trouble. James Lindsay's going to break down some communism for us. Kira Davis, all that and more coming up on I'm Right. Business. Business is a funny thing, right? Because the point of business is to make money. Any business is to make money. And it sounds kind of cold-hearted. Stay with me. We'll get to Joe Biden in a minute here. But it sounds cold-hearted, but that's how it should be. If uh, I'm an employee and you're my employer, my job is to help make you money. It's really not more complicated than that. And if I don't help make you money because you're my employer, you need to fire me. Like The, job, the goal is to make money, and if you don't help me, you're going to fire me. Well, it's important always to understand the motivation of people, of entities, to understand their goals, because then you understand why they do what they do. Joe Biden, for instance. Why, why did the system ever pick him? I mean, he's always been an idiot. 
than a liar and not particularly likable, why pick Joe Biden? Well, let's, let's do it a little rewind. They picked Joe Biden because Joe Biden seemed to be the more moderate candidate. I know he's no moderate, but hear me out. They were looking at a nasty primary. It was 2020. You had crazy Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. You had Dome in there. You had all these nut jobs all trying to out-communist each other in the Democrat primary. And it was very clear that this wasn't working. Bernie was leading in the votes. And the system looked around and it said, what did it say? Did it say Bernie's too far left? No, no, the system's far left. What it said was, oh man, look at these general election polls. I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're going to be able to uh, win. We got to do something. Uh, hey, we love Bernie. We love his communism. He's going to be a huge help to us, but he can't win. So what did they do? They went and scraped old Papa Joe out of the scrap heap. Even it didn't matter to them that his mental health was deteriorating and anybody with two eyes could see it. The system correctly said, hey, we've got enough crooked things in place between the ballots and the media. We'll get the guy across, stuff him in the basement, hold up some place cards, and we'll get Papa Joe across the finish line. And they did. They found enough. They found a way and found enough ballots to make sure Joe Biden won the election. Woo-hoo-hoo, nice. And Joe Biden, to his credit, has been excellent for the system for a couple of years. He's basically a helpless cadaver. He doesn't try to get in the way too much. And he kind of just, all the full-blown communists around him are allowed to run roughshod over him and do what they want. But there's a problem. There's a limit on Joe Biden's usefulness. That is the problem. You see, Communism is a business, too. Now, they're not in it to make money. They're in it to destroy and kill. That's what communism is about. They need to destroy and kill. In order to do that, they need as much political power as humanly possible. Well, they've taken the administrative state, and they've taken uh, the education system and entertainment and all those other things we talk about all the time. You know all that. But, I mean, having the presidency really helps. It's a big deal having the presidency. So, Joe Biden is becoming a liability. He's now the employee who's not helping make money. You're the employer. You're the RV sales manager. I'm one of the salesmen. It's not just that I'm not selling RVs anymore. I show up. I'm hung over half the time. I'm turning people off. It's, it's terrible. I'm costing the company money. And the truth is, it's a cold-hearted business. It's a money-making business. I've got to go. Joe Biden... Joe Biden is a liability. And let's lay one thing to rest. I may be a practicing Catholic. We used to go to 7.30 Mass every morning in high school and then in college before I went to the black church. Not a joke. Andy knows this. That's not true. (laughs) Joe Biden, Joe Biden is... Well, he's a liability because Joe Biden has reached a level of sociopath that most people don't reach. You see, Joe Biden, on top of being old and decrepit and a cadaver, Joe Biden is the biggest liar in the history of the presidency. And I say this with wide open eyes. I say this and I know that every single president ever lies. They all do. Republican, Democrat, they all lie all the time. Sometimes they're little lies, sometimes they're big lies, but they're all lying all the time. Joe Biden, though, 
Joe Biden will tell these gigantic, easily verifiable lies. And it's not like it's a one-off where he'll tell it, ah, I went to a black church every morning. It's not like he'll do it once and then get caught. Uh, (coughs) Joe, (coughs) that's not true and everyone knows it. He'll just keep telling it. It doesn't, he's so devoid of any real humanity or soul left, he just keeps telling it. The church he's talking about is the Union Baptist Church in Wilmington. Uh, the Washington Free Beacon, to their credit, finally went and tracked down everyone attending the church. Nope. Nobody remembers Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden probably never walked in the church at all. But it is Martin Luther King Day, and therefore Joe Biden has to do the ultimate black pander thing where he gets up and lies about every single thing. And so that's one of the reasons he's a big liability is because he won't stop. Did you know? Did you know that people on his team have actually asked him, on his own team, they've asked him to stop saying some of these lies because they know it's damaging politically? They've gone to him and said, hey, Joe, uh, You keep saying people couldn't own a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed. That's not true, and it's something that's actually, it's really easy to verify. Could you, we we could probably lose that talking point. Don't say that anymore. But he won't. He's He's such a sociopath, he won't. And it's more than the lying. He looks terrible. He is the face of the Democratic Party. He looks terrible. He can't, he can't speak. Those are the words of Katanji Drown Jackson, our Supreme Court Justice. You know, that's really on Biden's team. If we're, if, look, if we're going to assign blame for that little screw-up, that's on Joe Biden's team. I realize he had a name as Supreme Court Justice, and I realize because actual accomplishment and things don't matter anymore that it had to be a black woman. I, I, I get that. But there weren't any black judges named Barb Smith or something. You really gave poor Joe Biden Katanji Brown Jackson and you expected Papa Joe to be able to repeat that name without hesitation. That's on Joe Biden's team. And look, it's not like this is a one-off. Remember, remember the time Joe Biden sang, said happy birthday to Martin Luther King III's wife? Her name is Andrea, by the way. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. Well. She forgot her name. And, hey, it's more than the dementia. It's more than the lying. Let's have an uncomfortable conversation. All right. I don't like having this conversation. This is not a conversation I enjoy. But let's have an uncomfortable conversation. There is a really shocking amount of videotape. We're not talking about pictures, which can always be twisted. Everyone has a picture with a bad angle, doesn't look that good. There's a shocking amount of videotape available of Joe Biden acting... I, I, I want to say inappropriately with young women, but that's not, that's such a watered down, benign thing to call it. Joe Biden routinely acts like a child predator around young girls. I've been around, people blame it on age and, oh, it's cultural differences. No, no, I've been around all kinds of old people my entire life. 
I've been around all kinds of people who love kids my entire life. I've never seen one ever routinely conduct themselves around children the way Joe Biden does. But you know who I have seen? You know what I have seen? I've seen child predators act this way. You know, we find out after the fact, they'll do a documentary on a guy. Can't believe it. We didn't know. He was just always nuzzling them and sniffing them and grabbing them. Really seemed to be almost in love with them. Look, there's a lot of video evidence out there that the president of the United States of America is a child predator, or at least wants to be. Here's the latest and greatest for, from President Bad Touch. What's your name, honey? It's good to see you. Maybe I can have a picture with you when I, before I leave, okay? Is that all right? Let's not. Let's not do the picture. Which brings me to where we are now. Five more documents have been found. That brings the total, as of right now, to 25 documents have been found on Joe Biden, or I should say on his property, that are marked classified. Remember, Joe Biden was not president. The president can deem anything as being no longer classified. Donald Trump can stand over a stack of documents that are classified and simply say, boop, not classified anymore. Vice president does not have that authority at all. Joe Biden keeps getting busted with documents he's not supposed to have. But let's revisit this again. Busted. Busted by who? Is it this special team of Republican operatives dressed in all black with the eye black on, picking locks in Joe Biden's garage in Delaware? No. It's Joe Biden's own lawyers. It's Joe Biden's own staffers who continue to discover more and more documents. Now, that is weird because the call seems to be coming from inside the house. And when you combine that with this little fact, that Delaware home where they keep finding unclassified documents, Joe Biden's crackhead son lived in that home. He lived in that home. Keep in mind, the house has unclassified documents. Hunter Biden was in the house. Hunter Biden has admitted that the Russians probably have blackmail stuff on him because they apparently have one or two of his laptops too, which record virtually every crime the person has ever done. Are you a little bit creeped out yet? But here's what's wild. It's not just that all this stuff is true. By the way, that's clearly money laundering. $50,000 is what Hunter Biden was paying his father. $50,000 a month to rent the home. That's called money laundering. Setting that aside, why do we know all this? We know all this not because of Republicans. We know all this because of Democrats. You see, Joe Biden, he's just not the employee who makes money anymore. He's showing up hungover. They have other directions they want to go, Gavin Newsom. There are other employees they want to bring in, and Joe Biden has simply become a burden. All that may have made you uncomfortable but I am right. We're going to talk to Curtis Houck about this and much, much more in just a second. Before we talk to Curtis Houck about this, maybe you're saying something to yourself right now. Maybe you're saying, Jesse, that really stinks. And you're right. But if something stinks, you know what it needs? It needs an Eden pure thunderstorm. That's what it needs. You see, your bedroom needs one of these things too. Wherever you sleep, where your kids sleep, keep one in the general living area. I will give you a little warning about it though. 
Eden Pure also uh, takes the food odors, the lovely ones out of the air, takes all the odor out of the air, and Eden Pure, God curse you, they have this incredible little heater now. It's a portable heater, electric heater, plugs right in the wall. They sent me one of these things. It works so well that now the wife plugs it in our bathroom every time she takes a shower. So I walk in and it's sweltering in the bathroom because she has the Eden Pure Eater on in there. The thing works so good, I ate it. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE, by the way, gets you $200 off a three-pack of the thunderstorms. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Could some of the boxes recovered from the former president have put national security and perhaps lives at risk? This is as bad as it gets. It really does send, send chills up the spine of anybody who's ever worked at CIA. When you have this kind of information, you guard them with your life. Man, that sounds like it's a big deal if you steal some classified documents. Joining me now, my friend Curtis Hawk, of course, managing editor of the Media Research Center. Curtis, ah, man, that sounds like a really big deal if you've got these things. Is it still a big deal, Curtis? So, yeah, somebody should do something about that, Jesse. I mean, mm -hmm. it kind of is, you know, in the first couple of days from our position, the mainstream media, you know, they were really caught off foot by this. You know, they were offended that they weren't told about this, that they had to come asking Jesse. You know, they asked tough questions in the White House briefing room. And, you know, I gave them credit last week, but it's becoming clear by the day that, you know, really the issue is that they weren't told about it. The media were kept, you know, they're trying to help Joe Biden out here and, and they're just really making things difficult for them. You know, and now it's back to Republicans pouncing, you know, oh, tutting around of the fact that there are no visitor logs at Joe Biden's house. So just on and on and on, you see more and more excuses come from the liberal media. And uh, you can tell that the talking points have gone out there. But ag again, they're just saying it's really not that big of a deal because Joe Biden didn't mean it. And if you say you're sorry, you can probably take classified documents. Curtis, call me a conspiracy theorist, but this reeks to me of an attempt to take Joe Biden out by the Democrats. Democrats are masterful at this. We've seen them do this time and time again. Most recently, publicly, they did it to Andrew Cuomo. People somehow remember this as some Republican plot. It was Democrats who slipped a knife in between his ribs and shipped him out of the governor's mansion. This reeks like a Democrat op to me to get rid of this cadaver before 2024. Am I reading too much into it? 
Eric Schneiderman, I would also add that as well. He's another guy where they did this as well. I mean, yes, the view is just too dumb to understand that that's a possible motive here when they said last week that Republicans may have planted the documents, which the White House today came out with a statement that was just one step away from doing just that, accusing them of being in on it somehow. Um, But yes, Lisa Booth, I think, made this point in real time last week that it is an attempt to throw Joe Biden overboard because it really undercuts his argument. You know, and NBC has really been fretting this in particular that Joe Biden ran on competency. He ran on credibility. And this doesn't allow him, as in the media, to make that point for him against Donald Trump or, you know, Ronaldus Neximus or whomever uh, emerges from the GOP side. So I think at the end of the day, it's uh, it definitely is an attempt to throw Joe Biden overboard, because if you have that and if you have Hunter Biden with whatever comes from that, you really have two different tracks that you can go at Joe Biden from come with the left, come from the right uh, and then really throw him overboard. Although I would say things aren't really good for the Democratic darling uh, Pete Buttigieg Edge, because as we've seen, he has his own problems. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about those problems really quickly, Curtis, because everyone knows why Pete got the job. Pete got the job because he was in the primary. They were trying to clear the field for Joe Biden. So they made the wildly illegal deal that they all make. I'm not naive. Hey, Pete, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Get out of the race. We'll give you some cushy job in the administration. Plus, you're gay, so we get woke points. But people seem to forget that before Pete sucked it up, quite literally, as transportation secretary... Pete wasn't a popular presidential candidate either. It's not like he was setting the world on fire in that primary. He sucked. Right. It's just like Beto O'Rourke. He's only popular in Washington, D.C., in Northern Virginia, Montgomery County, Maryland, you know, the area around the swamp. You know, I see Pete stickers all the time, just like I would see random Beto stickers all the time. I'm like, none of, like, what? Um, It's the same sort of thing with Pete. The problem has been, you know, it's the media have relied on this classic trope, Jesse, of things just keep happening to him. You know, the FAA (laughs) problems just happened. The Southwest Airlines just happened. The pilot shortage just happened. All the other flight delays just happened. You know, it's the Barack Obama card that we saw over and over and over again with the IRS and with the VA and Benghazi. These are things that he's just been saddled with, and he's really going to make sure that people are held accountable. So I, again, I just uh, it's another situation where if the parties were reversed, the onus would be put on the federal government where the federal government failed. With Pete, the federal government has not failed at any step of the way here. Even with the FA thing, it's just a random contractor who was way too young to be playing with such important responsibilities. Let's go back to Biden, only a different one this time, Hunter. Ron Johnson went on Chuck Todd, who's always been a weapons-grade loser, and this is how it went. I'll take it your word that you're ethically bothered by Hunter Biden. I'm curious, though. You seem are, to have are, a pattern. Are you not? I, I seem to have a pattern. I, I'm a journalist. I have to are deal you, in are facts. You not, are you not? I deal in facts. You, so, Senator, my question to you is, uh, I'm always worried. I, I have skepticism of both parties. I sit here with skepticism of a lot of people's work. If you're concerned about what Hunter Biden did, you should be equally outraged about what Jared Kushner did. I, I'm, I'm concerned about getting the truth. I don't target individuals, target individuals. <laughs> I you don't? Know? You're truth. targeting Hunter Biden my, my, my multiple concern, times my on concern, this show, my, Senator. You're targeting an Chuck, individual. Chuck, my, my concern, my, you know, Chuck, 
you know, part, part of the problem, and, and this is pretty obvious to anybody watching this, is you don't invite me on to interview me. You invite me on to argue with me. Curtis, okay, Chuck Todd's an idiot. We've all known that. Hunter Biden does look like, though, he might be in real legitimate trouble here that maybe they can't weasel out of. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's going to get six months of community service or something at the end, but he looks like he's in a pickle. Right, as in things that if anyone else were doing them, they would be in real deep something-something or they would be in serious trouble. You know, real quickly on Chuck Todd versus Ron Johnson, I love this so much that Ron Johnson keeps going on this show. This has happened multiple times, and the result is exactly the same. Chuck, uh, Ron Johnson knows just which buttons to push. And nobody likes Chuck Todd, by the way. He makes one thing remotely non-progressive, and the left is about ready to throw him off the cliff. Um, the New York Times did a similar thing this past week with Michael Schmidt in this headline, the tale of Hunter Biden to come front and center. And it went on to kind of bemoan the fact that, you know, Donald Trump and Republicans have sullied the Biden family. Uh, and it's an escapade. And that Republicans have yet to demonstrate that the senior Biden was involved in his son's business dealings or took any action <laughs> to benefit him or his foreign partners. I mean, come on. Like, hashtag, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> starting with the 10% for the big guy, I mean, this is just absolutely ludicrous. Then it got even better. When it came to, it, it, they admitted that there were these series of counters between Hunter's business partners from foreign countries and Joe Biden. The New York Times said this, a series of encounters between the elder Mr. Biden and his son business associates uh, to build a case that they were working with each other. The Bidens and many of their associates tell a different story saying that the encounters were, quote, typically fleeting and involved no substantive discussions. I, I mean, we're really supposed to believe that? This is a complete coincidence and just a handshake ah. and that's it? No, they're out there sharing golf swing tips out there. Curtis, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. No problem, Jesse. All right. They're meeting at Davos or Davos. I don't know how to say it. It's foreign. James Lindsay's going to join us. We're going to talk about what they're talking about. Now, let's talk about you and the timeshare you're stuck in. I know. I know you feel ripped off. You don't use it anymore. Maybe you had fun for a while. Now you're done with it. And you thought, you always thought you could get out when you're done with it. That makes sense, right? Hey, we don't use it anymore. We're done. And they're telling you, no, 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 you're not done. Sorry, you're stuck forever. Annual fees. Many of those have doubled. Special assessments. You're still paying all that for something you don't even use. And it makes you mad every time the bill comes due. Make one phone call for me. Lone Star Transfer has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for a reason. They guarantee they'll get you out. They do it in writing, and they give you a time frame, also in writing. Call. Make one phone call. 844-310-2646. You are one phone call away from freedom, all right? We'll be back. The World Economic Forum, you're quite familiar with them because you watch this show. Well, they're having their meeting right now in Switzerland. And what's it covering? What's the theme? Corporation, cooperation, I'm sorry, in a fragmented world, addressing pressing crisis, tackling future challenges. And that sounds really nice. All these 
Rich, powerful people are getting together and they're worried about tackling challenges. What's the problem? Joining me now, my friend James Lindsay, author of The Marxification of Education. Uh, James, what's wrong with the World Economic Forum trying to work out which crisis they can solve? I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, if they didn't create the crisis, but uh, <laughs> that aside, the thing is, this comes up a lot, right? I hear this all the time. I know you like to lead with it on your show, but I hear it in, 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 in no jest from people all the time. What's wrong with teaching compassion? What's wrong with this environmental blah, blah, blah? What's wrong is that they have an agenda. They have a particular angle. The solution means one thing and one thing only. It's not that they're going to have an honest inquiry. Is there various crises? Are there these various problems? And what can we do to solve them? They are we know the solution and we're going to make sure that whatever crisis is in front of us or issues in front of us can be flame, inflamed into a crisis that we're then going to use to get to the solution that we want to have. They have their plan in mind and that's the global cooperation part they open up with. They say tackling crises, but the point came first. We need global cooperation, which is a euphemism for global governance, which is a euphemism for global tyranny. Can you help me understand why they want us to be global citizens? What does that mean? I hear this all the time, global governance. They want us to be global citizens. I'm not an American. I'm not French. I'm not German. I'm a global citizen. Why? It's a weird thing to want. Well, there's no such thing as a global citizen, so it's extra weird. Uh, what is a citizen? A citizen is somebody that's in a relationship with a sovereign government. There is no sovereign um, global government. So there's no such thing as a global citizen. There are people who live in the world, but they want to switch the vocabulary over, and they're doing this with children, saying that education is to teach them to be global citizens very, very rampantly, because they want to get people used to thinking of themselves as global citizens. They want to define what it means to be a global citizen, since it's a nonsense term that doesn't mean anything yet. And then they want to be able to say at some point, hey, you already think of yourself this way. Let's make good on the relationship by creating the global sovereign that will secure your rights or extend you privileges or assign you duties uh, under that citizenship agreement that you already believe you have. So it's it's basically getting people to walk themselves into a trap and then to consent to closing the doors on that trap later. James, okay, so these people are meeting. They have terrible plans, which we can go into that a little bit more, but they have terrible plans. They're meeting. They're working out how to destroy us all. But how much power do they actually have? Or is this something we should be worried about? Is this just internet fodder? Are these just powerless losers? How much juice do the people walking out of that meeting have to go back to their home countries and affect change? Well, I mean, there's two things to say. One is very optimistic, which is that they appear to be very nervous, and particularly the leaders appear to be nervous. They have 5,000 Swiss guards there to protect them because they're so benevolent and loved. Uh, I hear that the police presence there is jumpy and nervous this year, more than in years past, much larger. Uh, they are aware that people don't like them. The AP, Associated Press, put out today an article saying that there's all these narratives about how evil it is on the internet so they know they're not trusted but the people there are big players we know the relationships like with heads of state Zelensky is joining in apparently we're going to put a bus to him in congress if the democrats have their way so that's something weird senators are there 
governors are there. Governor Whitmer's there. Joe Manchin is there. So Joe Manchin kind of positions himself as a Democrat maverick. He's there. These people have actually tremendous power when they come back. You only need three or four percent of a of an institution, say Congress or the Senate or the Governor's Association or something like that, to make massive changes in direction and policy. So if you have just a few of them that are committed to a Davos pledge, a Davos agreement, a Davos agenda, which is to create global citizenship, which is defined as being SDG, Sustainable Development Goal, United Nations compliant, then you have people with tremendous power who can do a lot of damage to the countries that they're betraying by aligning with this. Klaus Schwab, obviously the head of the WEF, in case people have forgotten, I doubt anyone watching you or I have forgotten, but in case you've forgotten, here he is. It is so exciting that at the beginning of the year, we can meet again in person. Only personal interaction creates a necessary level of trust, which we need so much in our fragmented and fractured world. To bring people together for an informal dialogue in a remote Swiss village such as Davos can be or should be a good recipe to restore trust. James, but as you just pointed out, people don't trust them and they don't necessarily seem that interested in regaining that trust at all. Why aren't they interested in earning my trust, James? I think they know they've lost it. He just told you, though, they're not re interested in regaining trust. It's yet another lie. They're in interested in regaining each other's trust. It is for them to come together in a remote Swiss village called Davos to build trust with one another, to consolidate or probably develop lines of compromise on one another uh, and blackmail on one another or whatever they do at Davos. I have no idea what goes there stays there or happens there stays there. It is to build trust with one another, however. And and it's kind of ironic that he said, so come together and the person, it's a build of trust. He's not even there. He's sick. He said he was sick. He can't come. It, George Soros also said he was sick and can't come. Makes me wonder if something's going to go down. Um, very suspicious, but he's not even there for it. Uh, but they want to build trust with each other, not with you, Jess. You are a non-person in their eyes because you don't have the vision for the perfect global future. James Lindsay. By the way, go read his book, Race Marxism. Very fascinating. It explains a lot of where we're at now. James, thank you, brother. Every time. All right. You know what these people need? You know what they need at the World Economic Forum? Comfortable socks. Listen, maybe you think that's ridiculous. But if you're some evil monster planning on killing a few billion people on the planet, you clearly are somebody who doesn't have comfortable things on your feet. Grip6 is here to help. Made in America, not only the best belts, not only the cool wallets that I've showed you a thousand times. Let me get my wallet out here. The cool lock-in wallet. All my cards are locked in and then I just squeeze it and they come popping out. The socks, man. Never shortchange yourself with anything you put on your feet, your socks and your shoes, your feet or your life. Go get, you know what? Get one pair, get two pair. Get two pair of Grip6 socks. You won't own any other socks after that, all right? Go to Grip6.com, promo code JESSE saves you a pile of money too. Grip6.com, promo code JESSE. Go get a couple pair of socks. We'll be back.
<laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing about it. Joining me now, my friend Kira Davis, of course, with Red State. Kira, man, what a beautiful, beautiful statue. I know when I first saw that thing, I thought, wow, that thing's awesome. I'll tell you who else really liked it. The wife. She thought it was really great. Uh, I There's few times where I've been speechless, you know, especially <laughs> as a political pundit. I'm supposed to always have something to say. But this sculpture, is this what we're calling it, a sculpture? This sculpture is truly one of the most hideous things I have <laughs> ever seen. And Jesse, I'm like, I'm, what is going on? Like, remember the last statue they did of Martin Luther King and they hired some Chinese sculptor to do it yes. and he ended up looking like vaguely Chinese? I think the American <laughs> government, local and federal, hates Martin Luther King. That's what I think is going on here. This is the oh, craziest don't be ridiculous. I've ever seen. Well, don't be ridiculous, Kira. I'm sure the FBI, they're big fans of Martin Luther King now, except they're no longer wiretapping him and all things like that. I, I, like, I don't want to make a bunch of it. It's hilarious. It obviously looks inappropriate. It's a family show, so I'm not going to go into that. But Kira, is this stuff... I never know because I'm not, an, I'm not, I'm not an artist. I know you're going to find this shocking, Kira, but I can't sing, dance, draw, play an instrument. I'm probably the least cultured person on the planet. I know you're shocked by that, but yeah. is this just bad or is it that's so bad that looks intentional to me no no it's not intentional i i looked up this artist i believe that he did this with 100 percent sincerity i also think that he is a terrible artist and this is just another uh, sim symbol of how dysfunctional government is because i i want you to think about it i want you to think about how many layers of bureaucracy this sculpture went through before it got the approval to be erected there for lack of a better word uh before it was approved it oh. went through committees it went through bureaucrats it went through an artist i'm gonna assume that the artist had other artists critiquing maybe he had a mentor think of all of the layers that this thing went through <laughs> to get to what we saw there there is an epic yeah. failure on some level here i just and i haven't met a single person i haven't met a single person or heard from a single person who black white otherwise who thinks that that is a great sculpture yeah i, I, I still just can't believe people are going to look at that when they're eating out in boston all right kira that brings me to miss universe the new owner well this is the new owner the miss universe organization from now on, it's going to be ran by women, owned by trans women, for all women. For all women really around the world to celebrate the power <laughs> of feminism. The power of feminism. Kira, you which brings me like to your... <laughs> challenging go ahead, me. Go ahead. Both have all this stuff to say and I'm just like, uh. <laughs> Kira, that brings me to your new book because Kira is now an author on top of everything else. The book is called Drawing Lines, Why Conservatives Must Begin. Must be, I want to, I want to stop there at the subtitle, Why Conservatives <laughs> Must Begin. You're talking about fighting back against all this filth. 
It seems like we have never begun, Kira. Why haven't we? Well, I think this is something you and I talk about a lot, Jesse, online and offline. I think for a long time, conservatives have just been the type of people who are just like, you know what, we we don't want trouble. We want to go to work, we come home, feed our families, hang out with the kids for an evening, go back to work, do it all over again. You know, we are people who are pursuing the American dream. And, and a lot of us believe that in minding our own business. And we have... Um, extricated ourselves from the culture because it's become so ugly. So we said, well, you know what? I, I'm just, I'm not even going to get involved in that. I don't watch TV. I don't know what movies are out there. I don't engage in any cultural issues at all. I'm above it. It's just too dirty for me. And what has happened while we've been away doing things that we should be doing, by the way, I'm not scolding you for doing those things, but while we've been away, we've left the vacuum and space abhors a vacuum, a vacuum. So it's been filled with this with this trash, this anti-American, I think it's anti-God, really anti-creation trash. And now we're wondering, oh my gosh, when did things get out so out of control? When did we have to actually define what a woman is, what a man is? Where are we? Well, we are where you get when you ignore the red flags. And, and so it is time for conservatives to sort of get over themselves and realize that you can't be separate from this culture. It's impossible. You may have thought that you could create a little box where you and your family would be safe, but as we've seen, you're not safe because once they get all of those other spaces, they're coming for your space. They're coming for your, your kids. They're coming for their education. They're coming for math. You know, they're going to redefine math in the name of racial justice. They're coming for gender. They're coming for your gas stove. You know, they don't have any chill on the left. So it's either you pick a lane, you draw a line, you stand there and you say, I'm not going any further, or just accept that you're going to get steamrolled. I'm not getting steamrolled. I'm not ready to accept that. Kira, I'm glad you brought up evil, because I talk about this a lot, and I, I think maybe, I, I know this is shocking for me to put some rose-colored glasses on, I think maybe that's been something good that has come of this insanity, is the right is waking up, I know I personally have had this awakening in the past few years, that we're not dealing with bias, or they're, they're a little left, or they're liberal, or, or something like that. We are dealing with evil. When you get to the point where Doctors are chopping the penises off of teenage boys with the consent of their parents. That's way beyond biased and left and Democrat. You're dealing with demons at this point in time. Absolutely. And um, I know I, I talk to European friends about a lot about the evangelical right here in America. And it's sort of this big boogeyman across uh, the pond. And they always sort of look down their noses at us in distaste, like, oh, you, the Christian right is so evangelical. They're so hard right. They're always, you know, protesting abortion, protesting this, that. And my thing is like, no, what you're looking at is an electorate that hasn't given up yet. You guys have given up and this is what it looks like to keep fighting. So I'm afraid that a lot of us here in the US have given up in some respect or another. But like you said, Jesse, there are still there's still time to sort of wake up, to use a phrase, and to look around you and say, you know, who do you think is going to be standing on the front lines? That's what I want to ask you, conservatives. Who do you think should be standing on the front lines? There's no Calvary coming. There's no Superman. 
there's no one person. I know a lot of you had hoped that that would be Donald Trump, but even if he had won a second term, that's just eight years that one man has to influence change in a country that has been influenced for decades. There is no Superman to stand on that line for you. It has to be you. You have to get uncomfortable because what we're seeing is very uncomfortable, right? But now we're being pushed all the way out of the equation. So at some point, we're gonna have to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this. No, I'm not even going to engage in some kind of like, oh, uh, respectful discussion about this. There's no respectful discussion to be had about you sexualizing my child. We have no rational discussion to have. At some point, the grown-ups need to be in charge. I live in California where the grown-ups have been completely removed from any positions of authority. And we live in mass chaos in this state. And it's coming to a state near you, no matter what. So it's time for the grown-ups to stand up and be like, no, you know what? I don't care if your feelings are, are hurt. I, I'm team reality. I live in reality. And that's where we've got to draw our line. Amen. You know what? We're going to sign off with that. Kira, tell people where they can get this book. I want people to go get it. Thank you, Jesse. Well, it's available available for pre-order on Amazon right now. It's called Drawing Lines, Why Conservatives Must Begin to Battle Fiercely in the Arena of Ideas. And you can also go directly to my publisher. Go to faithfultext.com and you'll get a nice discount if you order directly from the publisher. Thanks, Jesse. How about that? Faithfultext.com. Go directly to the publisher. Kira Davis, I love you. Come back soon. All right. We have Light in the Mood next. Before we get to Light in the Mood, you know what makes me feel better? Like we're talking to Kira there about all the, all the ugly out there. There's so much ugly. Something that I have found always helps me because I'll... I would get down on occasion, not a bunch, you know, I like to keep it light, but on occasion, when you're sitting in your brows in the news, and okay, that sucks, and wow, that sucks. Oh, geez, this really sucks. It, it makes me feel good to prepare. It does. I, I'm not trying to do some Tony Robbins self-improvement thing. It makes me feel good to go work out when I'm feeling down, or go for a walk with the dog. It makes me feel good to go to the range. It makes me feel good to make preparation. But there are some things that are simply necessary no matter what. You need to have three months worth of food for everyone who lives in your home. Maybe you already have that because we talked about it a lot. If you do, fine. If you've taken that, that, those necessary steps, that's fine. If you haven't, maybe you don't know where to begin, that's fine. My Patriot Supply, they have it ready to go. Three months worth of nutrient-packed food, 2,000 calories a day. All you need, three-month food kits, and they got them $250 off right now. This is one of those things that's not an option. You don't do it just because it makes you feel good. You need to get some emergency food in your home, and don't touch it, please. Get it and stash it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get your three-month food kit, all right? Everyone in your home needs one. MyPatriotSupply.com. We'll be back. You know what's hilarious? And I don't care what you say, you think it's hilarious too. You probably lie about it. Ladies, I'm talking to you, but it's still hilarious. You know what's hilarious? Gas, bodily functions. When people burp, when people fart, when they're not supposed to, 
it's funny. And you can act horrified all you want. Maybe you are horrified, but deep down, you know it's funny. When Joe Biden tries to give a little speech and burps, it's funny. If you need to use your weapon, you don't have to do that. And look. Look. Look, he's just following in the footsteps of Kay Ivey, who's still, whew, this one is just. They are, um, we're getting a, <coughs> excuse me, a slight increase in the number of doses that we'll be getting to the state. Good grief. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.